unusual class. And we are here. Welcome to our class number 65. I'm a little bit on the left foot, honestly, being that we are in a very mournful day after Purim, after a wonderful Purim, thank God. Um, this is our class in our studio in Yushalayim, hosted by Rav Sholem Schlitter. He is the one who has given us the uh, Das Torah, the guidance to make a class today, even though it's a very unusual day, being that there's right now a Leviah of Hagon, Harav, Chaim, Kanievsky, Zatzal. We have a picture, it's all over, everywhere, on the media, on our platforms everywhere, Avi, Avi, our father, our father. Yes, we are mourning for Rav Chaim Kanievsky as we speak. The big gedolim out, uh, that are left amongst our people, the big leaders, the soulful gedolim are speaking right now and, and be muspid him as we speak. So it's a little bit uh, uncomfortable for me to do this class right now. But we are listening to our Das Torah, as I'm sure Rav Dainelgar will explain. He'll be hosting the class, B'Shem Rav, B'Shem Rav Shalom Morish. We still pray for a full refuah shlema of Shalom Ben Yemna. And also, we are asking everyone to be rid of all forms of corona challenges, whatever that means nowadays. Hopefully, it's over with already for shlema. And also, to dedicate the shit for shlema to Rivkabas Masha and elevation of the soul Ben Chaim, Havda Ben Chaim Lachaim to Gedalia, Sani Rachmadino Ben Gedalia. And to, yes, wish everyone a good week healthy, energized spring, to have good Pesa preps with joy, finish off the Chodesh Adah with Simcha, Kashrut, and please God, we ask you all to share a Munah, global, that's always our request, and even though this is a difficult class to give today, we're going to go ahead with a bit of your feedback, just of the previous classes, just so we can taste a little bit of the Purim joy that just was, we shouldn't lose that light that just was, we should bring it with us, and um, let's go. So here we are, a bit of feedback before we get to Rav Dain Elgod's important class on the Gedolim. To Rav, may Hashem bless you and all your loved ones, always amen vermen. Amen shalom greetings, amen with a song of worship. Elokim Hashem, Hashem, our Father, Godfather of Avraham Yitzhak Yaakov, we pray for your blessings to be restored. Blessings, amen, amen, vermen. This is from a bunch of names are listed. And the main point is Shalom Brothers is giving a lot of blessings and times of worship, enjoying the classes that we're doing. Nooch is the best, someone wrote, our last week's guest. Greetings New York is present. We had New York in the house. Baruch Hashem. Thank for this amazing stream. Praying for Rav Shalom Arashlita. Thank you, Hashem. Thank Rav Shalom. Toda, Rabah. We've got some Spanish over here. Great teachings in a nutshell. Maria Galindo, thank you very much. Shalom Aleichem Gedalia, people enjoying the class we just put up from Gedalia, oh, Gedalia Fencer rather, he doesn't like to be called Rav. He, thank God, is posting now again on his YouTube channel, some rebranding, and that was a delay, so hopefully we'll be back to once or every two weeks or so. Gedalia Fencer's English class on our channel. So beautiful, a nice video. Chag Sameach, Rabbi. When a person smiles, he is literally reviving people. This is all in context to Rav Shalom Arash's Purim classes. It's true. Thank you, Rav. Rabbi Hashem. Bless you. I just signed up for removal of curses. That was last week. I only knew about it because of the thumbnail picture. Yes. 
and we did publicize it. But the good news is that we do have now the Kimcha de Pitcha campaigns already gone live on our channels. We're going to get the link out there more and more in the next week or so. And it has the opportunity now to join our newest campaign to help all the Aniyim, the poor people of Eretz Yisrael, Nishalayim, that we're able to help. And you can partner with that now. And Rav Dainaga gave a very important um, explanation of, uh, of what that mitzvah is about. Thank, and we'll discuss it more hopefully another week from now as well in a class on next week's Pesach Focus class. Thank you, Rabbi. Happy Purim. Purim Sameach. Hi, bro. Someone wrote, Kalakavod. Oh, that was Yoni Gabali. Thank you, my holy brother. You are the best. That was in reference to my own class. Thank God. We focused on Purim and opening our hearts. We didn't know we'd be going and ending Purim in Yushalayim with the news that we're now going to focus on now. So let's go now to Rav Dain Elgod. And the big question is that already came through. How do we dedicate to Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal and Al Gadolim? <sighs> Thank you, Abelio. Not easy. Uh, no, not easy. It's a very difficult day. At first of all, I'd just like to say that again, I do apologize that I am sitting here in the studio instead of the Rov, and we're hoping that uh, Rabbi Arush is going to be feeling better very soon, and he's going to be giving the shurim instead of me, and I'll be back to my position as translating. Today is a very difficult day. Uh, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, Reb Shmayo, Yosef Chaim, Zechat Tzadik Levrocher, blessed memory, was one of the biggest yoinim this generation ever saw. Is called the minister of the Torah, one of the and the foremost leaders of the Frum Jewry in Eretz Yisrael and all over the world. Passed away on Friday, and as we're speaking now, is his funeral and all the eulogies. And they say that there are a million people there that are escorting him on his last way. Just that we should know there's a special blessing that one makes when so many people congregate together, when so many Jews congregate together. Shulchan Aruch in Arachayim in chapter 224 says there's a bracha called Chochom Harozim. Make a special bracha when you see 600,000 people of Am Yisrael together. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I did not want to be here today. I wanted to go to the funeral and uh, I wanted to pay my respects to... Uh, the leader of the Haredi jury, but I asked the Rav on Shabbos what to do, and the Rav said to me that this shir is more important than me going to the funeral, being one of many, and we can do what we're supposed to do here in the studio. So, since this is the Rav, and I am a Talmud of the Rav, and what the Rav says is what we should do, so we're here in the studio. I'm going to try today and speak a bit about Reb Chaim and a, a bit about the virtue of G'dayli Yisrael to explain why, why are we mourning? Why are we so upset when a 94-year-old Jew passed away? Someone who was not, we're not related to him. He's not our father. I mean, if he was my father, I could understand. But uh, since this is not what we're talking about, why are we so upset? Why are we so... Connected, why do we all want to be at this funeral? Why are we so painful and mourning for what happened? And in order to understand that, we need to explain what is the role of G'doyle Yisrael in Am Yisrael. The Gemara, in several places, the Gemara brings this in uh, the Tractate of Tanis on page 24. The Gemara brings a, a, a verse 
from the book of Bamidbar in chapter 15. Gedoyle Israel are called Einei Haeda, the eyes of the congregation. They're the ones who see things that we do not see. They're the ones who guide us. They're the ones who show us what is the path that we're supposed to follow. They are our leaders, our spiritual and our, and our religious compass. They're the ones who tell us how to behave, not just on our day-to-day -day lives with things that are regarded to Jewish halacha, but also with crucial things regarding to how to lead the public, how to conduct Amisroil, what to do on important issues. And once we lose the eyes of the generation, we're blinded. We, we've lost the eyes. I mean, we're talking here about someone who was so great and so big that we are literally blind when we lose him. And that is such a great loss that we, we're, we're unable to overcome this loss. I'd, I'd like to tell a story about what does it mean, G'doy Israel, who are the eyes of the generation. This is a story from one of my rabbis and mentors, Rabbi Mordechai Liao of Blessed Memory. He was once at a tour in the airport in Israel. And while he was in the tour, the manager of the airport, who wasn't a from person, came up to him and he said to him, Rabbi, I want to understand, why do I have to listen to what the rabbis say? Why can't I decide on my own? What do I need the rabbis for? Don't rabbis ever make mistakes? But Mordechai Liao said to him, yes, Rabbis can sometimes make mistakes. So the manager of the airport said to him, okay, so in that case, why have I got to listen to the rabbis? But Mordechai said to him, listen, rabbis have a much broader view. They see things that other people don't see. And since they see things, their view encompasses things that you are unable to comprehend, you should listen to them because they will see and know things that you will not know. The manager of the airport said to him, oh, come on. I mean, really, you know, I'm a man. The rabbi's a man. What can he see that I can't see? But Mordechai smiled at him and said, wait, I'll explain it soon. You'll understand what I mean. Well, anyway, they were touring around the airport, and then they came to the supervision tower, to the big tower that every airport has, where all the supervisors sit. And they're the ones who direct the planes and tell them, you're supposed to land here, you're supposed to land there. Okay, so Mordechai Liao asked the manager of the airport, he said to him, please explain to me what, what do the supervisors do? So the manager of the airport says, well, the supervisors, they can see what plane is coming from. They can see what track is empty and they direct the planes and tell them where to land. But Mordechai Liao turned to the manager of the airport and he said to him, I want to ask you a question. If one of the pilots who's flying the plane, says, well, I can see there's an empty track, there's an empty space, and I'm landing on track number two. And the supervisor of the airport says to him, no, no, don't land there, land on track number three. Why should the pilot listen to the airport supervisor? And the manager of the airport was like, he was all aghast, and he said, no, he has to listen to him, because since they're sitting on a higher ground, they see things the pilot doesn't see. They can see if a plane is going to come in in the middle and if it's dangerous. So the pilot has to listen to the supervisors because they can see things that he can't see. But Mordechai Liao looked at him and smiled and said, listen, your ears should listen to what your mouth is saying. You yourself admit that there are places and situations where some people see more than others, like flight supervisors. It's exactly the same thing. 
were the great sages of Amisrol. They see things that others don't see. Wow. Very, very important answer to the big question. How do we dedicate to Rav Chaim Kanievsky? One of the ways that we want to dedicate Rav Chaim Kanievsky is this whole week, all our classes, everything we're doing in the Amuna class studio, as well as our Amuna channels with Breslov Israel, Breslov English. We'd like you to join there and keep partnering with all our causes, even though it doesn't go directly to Rav Chaim, but we do have very special moments that Rav Shalom Orish went to see Rav Chaim Kanievsky and sat with him and got blessings from Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky for all his mosters and everything, all his institutes and everything that he's doing with his books and the sharing of Muna. The Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky himself was learning those farm as Nana from them, as you can see from the, from the video um, where the, the Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky's uh, aide, his person helping him, was saying that you, the Rav himself has, has learned those books and it was as an example we also would like you to keep partnering very much with Rav Orish himself. He's put very strong doggish emphasis on loving everyone unconditionally. Avis Israel, Avis Chinam. These booklets are available. Go to our website, brezlev.com or mayamuna.com. Either one is fine. And you'll be able to get locate these very easily. And we ask you to share and to not only just share the links, but actually purchase them and share them in hard copies. They're very easy and quick to read. I gave out a bunch on Purim to people that I was able to be at at different places I went, thank God. And it's very easy just to purchase them, they're very cheap, thank God, and easy for us to ship to you. So it's an easy mitzvah of keeping the momentum going of Torah and Avis as well that Rav Orish wants us to keep sharing. And that is part of why we are here today, because the Rav has given us the death Torah to be here. So it's uncomfortable a little bit, but... The, one of the big questions that came through as well was Rav Chaim Kanetsky mentioned Mashiach's coming. Is that anything that we, how do we, when Gadolim talk about Mashiach and Rav Orish has talked about Mashiach, do we have a specific uh, guidance on that message? There's a Gemara in Tractate Moed Koton, page 28 on the first side. And the Gemara says there that when righteous people, when great Torah sages pass away, it comes to atone for the sins of Amisrol. It says in the book of Yeshaya, in chapter 57, on the first verse, Because of the evil things, the bad things, the righteous person was taken, the righteous person is taken to atone for Amisrol. In the eulogy that... Reb Chaim Kanievsky's brother-in-law gave, the great Goan Reb Yitzchak Zilberstein, may HaKadosh Baruch Hu give him long life and health, he brought an incredible midrash. The midrash says on the verse in Shira Shirim, Eshkol HaKofer Doidili, a person who's like an Eshkol, he is like a whole batch of grapes, and he is, he knows everything. He knows the whole Torah, he knows the whole Gemara, he knows Every single thing that exists. And, and this was Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim was a person who you could ask a question in any place. In any place. There's a phenomenal story about him. That once someone was looking for a source for something. And they asked him a question. And Reb Chaim stopped. And for one minute he went quiet. And he said, well, in the Gemara Bavli, it doesn't exist. Another minute. In the Gemara Yerushalmi, it doesn't exist. And then another minute. In the Midrash, it doesn't exist. It took him three minutes to go through nearly the whole Torah. 
It's something that we, we can't comprehend. We can't comprehend the greatness of such a Jew. And the Midrash says that when there is a Gzeira, when there is a decree on Am Yisrael, a decree on the world, Hashem takes this incredible Tamid Chochem as a koifer, as a ransom. Instead, it replaces what is supposed to be decreed on Am Yisrael. So, when righteous people, when great righteous people are taken, that means that a great decree Something bad had to happen, and they atoned for our sins. Now, people are asking about Mashiach. I want to tell you something. I, I That Rosh Hashanah, when the Rav spoke about Mashiach before Rosh Hashanah, we're talking here about 2021. Am I correct, Abelio? Yes? Uh, um, before? No, 2020. 2020, yeah. Yes, it was right, like, right at the beginning of the corona. Yeah. And the Rav said to me, after, after the Rav, was speaking about Mashiach, I asked the Rav, what, what does the Rav mean? The Rav said to me, listen, this year, one of the two things is going to happen. It's either Mashiach who's going to come, or there is going to be a great, terrible decree, some judgment on Am Yisrael. I said to the Rav, Rabbi, what do you mean? It's either this or that? He says to me, yes. I said to him, so why didn't you say it in the Shia? The Rav said, what, am I supposed to speak about such bad things in my Shia? Do you remember what happened last year? Remember, on Meiron, Lagba Omer, we lost 45 Jews, three of them from our congregation. Today is the 11 months of all of those holy spirits. We're having a big event in Yeshiva, for Talmid, Rabbi Simcha Moshe Tzorfati, of blessed memory. 11 months where they stop saying Kaddish, that is the custom. So, as we can see, when big things are going to happen, it can either be very positive things or chas v'chalila, we have the great tzaddikim who have to pass away in order to atone for my soul. So by Reb Chaim passing away and passing away on such a great day on Purim, and I mean, look at that. I mean, Reb Chaim all his life tried. He was so full of Avas Yisrael and he did everything not to burden anyone else. He didn't even want to ruin the Purim Semcha of Am Yisrael. He passed away in a special and unique death. He was taken away with what's called the Mitas Neshika. It's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and kissed him on his lips and his Neshama yearned to cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and just left his body. And he did that two hours before Shabbos came in, after everyone was already celebrating and happy and joyous with Purim and all of that not to ruin the Purim for Am Yisrael. And when Reb Chaim, such a great, great Talmud Chochem, a leader of the generation, passes away, we can understand that a great decree, a great judgment was lying on the heads of Am Yisrael. And by his death, he was our ransom. He atoned for us. So I think that explains that these are years of great hashpois, great influences. And we can either see it this way or that way. I just thought of a question myself. I hope the Rav doesn't mind me putting on the spot, but it came to my head. It's Pasha's Para right now, uh, which we're reading this Shabbos in Pasha Shmini, uh, and that's an extension with the Dalit Pashas, so the third one. And Pasha's Para is in Pasha's Chukas, which I remember there was a connection to the idea of Siddiquim passing away with Miriam. And that's what that's what the Gemara there yeah. says in Tractate Moed Kosan on page yeah. twenty-eight. Why was the death of Miriam? connected to the whole Pasha's para and to sacrifices. Yeah. And he says, just like the Pora Aduma, 
atones for the sins of Am Yisrael, so too is the, the death of Tzaddikim, that also atones for Am Yisrael. So also one of the questions I was thinking, what, how come the Rav Zohar to be Nifter on Erev Shabbos Purim, like Purim, Shushan Purim, uh, of the Makofas, the, the walled cities in Yushalayim, so we were in Purim, and as we heard the news, like still at the climax of our Simchas Purim, and also Erev Shabbos is a holy time, the souls go great straight up without needing, uh, is there any comment from any, any Rabbonim? There's a book called Ma'avarya Book. That is the book, the Kabbalic book that deals with the whole aspects of the soul passing away. And he speaks there about special dates where a person passes away. He says that a person that passes away on Friday after midday is a very unique thing. The, the negative influences have got no power on him. Also passing away on a day like Shabbos or Purim. Now, Reb Chaim was, oh, it was a, Shtikel <laughs> Torah. He was. He was. He was. There's a joke that they say about Dolly Israel that if you'd cut their finger instead of blood, Torah would be pouring out. That's what would be said about Reb Chaim Kanievsky of blessed memory. I mean, it's irrelevant to what day he'd pass away. The negative influences wouldn't even be able to come close to his spirit. The Gemara in Moed Cotton in page 25, second side. The Gemara there says that one of the eulogies. They used to say about the great, great Kedoyle Yisrael when they passed away was Roichev Arovos, he who rides and masters the heavenly planes that is relating to Hashem, Sasve Sameach, he is joyous and happy, Bevoilav Nefesh Nakivet Sadik, when a clean and holy, righteous, pious soul comes to him. Can you imagine the joy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has when Reb Chaim passed away and came up to the heavenly realm? I mean, we are crying and we are in sorrow because we have lost him. But passing away on such a special day, on Purim, a day of Simcha, a day of Torah, Gemara says in Tractate Shabbos on page, on page 88, first side, that Purim is when Am Yisrael accepted the Torah again. I mean, that just shows us what Reb Chaim is, what a holy, great soul he was, that he had the merit to pass on such a special day. Kim of Kiblu. yeah. Yes. So we, we are sitting here now in the studio of Pras Divine Providence with Das Torah from Rav Orish. He's asked us to come, even though the Levi is on at the moment in Bnei Brak, not too far away. Um, our hearts and our souls are with all the, the, the people of the, of the Jewish world and the, hopefully the rest of the world understands what this special day is also significant for all the world because Torah, it holds up the world and Rav Chaim is definitely uh, the Tsar of Torah, like we have Rav Orish as a Tsar of the Tsar of Smiles, the, the Chief Minister of Smiles. We have the, the Tsar of Torah, the, the Minister of Torah was Rav Chaim Zatzal. I do have the, me- the memory of, thank God, of being by a bris where he was Sandik and I got a blessing a long, long time ago and things were simpler back then. Um, easier to get in touch with Gedolim and there were much more Gedolim around. Um, so the question that we have here is, who do we follow now? Who's going to lead? <laughs> that is one of the most difficult questions. Who yeah. becomes the next leader? The, there's a famous question. How do we know who to follow? How do we know who is the person who is supposed to be leading Amisrol? Well, one of the people who spoke about it was Reb Chaim's uncle. Reb Chaim's uncle, the Chazanish. Reb Chaim's uncle spoke a lot about who is supposed to lead Amisrol. How do you know? Who is the Torah sage who is supposed to be the next leader? Well, there's something very, very unique 
that the Gemara says. The Gemara brings it again. This is, this is all in Tractate Moed Koton because Tractate Moed Koton is the tractate that speaks about the Avelis and Soren Grief. The Gemara there says in, on page 16, the Gemara there says that a Talmud Chochem who learns all his Torah inside, everything is kept and everything is very modest and very quiet and it's an internal work. They declare outside, this is the great leader of the generation. Which means, being the leader of Am Yisrael, you don't have to hold a special position, you don't have to be a Rosh Yeshiva, you don't have to be the author of some special books. Am Yisrael have an internal compass, an internal knowledge that directs them and tells them, this is the great man of the generation, this is the leader. And the Talmud Chachamim know with this internal spiritual compass how to direct themselves to the spiritual leader and how to learn from him. I'm going to give you a few examples. One of the greatest Geonim who lived 250 years ago was the Vilna Goen. The Vilna Goen was something unique. I mean, at the age of six, he was such a Goen. He knew all the Torah. It was something unbelievable. The Vilna Goen sat and learned in Vilna in a shul that belonged to tailors. It was a very simple shul, not a known shul, and he sat and he learned there all day. And the tailors did everything that they could do to guard him, to guard his privacy, and to allow him to learn quietly undisturbed. No one would have heard about the Vilna Goen until one day, one of the tailors got drunk and started speaking about the incredible Tamid Chochem, this great Goen, this great genius who was learning in their shul. And everyone in Vilna was absolutely shocked that such a man managed to hide himself. And one of the great sages of that generation, the Shagas Arya, came to meet him, spoke to him, and he declared that Ami Sroel has now a goin to lead it into the next generation. So this is an example how someone who was learning modestly and privately in a quiet place without people knowing him, when Hashem decided, he was revealed. His Torah revealed him and Ami Sroel knew how to direct themselves. I'm going to give another example. Another example is Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Reb Chaim Kanievsky never held any official position. He was an avrich. He sat and he learned all day long. He didn't voice his opinion on public things until about eight years ago, five years ago, where there was no other choice, but he had to start voicing his opinion. He was secluded in his apartment, in his koilel, learning Torah, but all the Tamirichamim, all the internal spiritual compass told him, this is the man to go to. This is the leader of the generation. This is the great Tamir Chacham who knows everything. We can ask him everything. So the answer to your question, who is going to lead us? This internal spiritual compass of Gedoyle Israel of Tamirichachomim will tell us who's going to be the next leader. Wow. Thank you, Rav. Uh, we really appreciate being able to have this class today even though once again it's very difficult emotionally and uh, spiritually but the we now get the inspiration that we know how important these classes are that the Rav Shalom Morris has given us that Torah guidance that this class is more important than the mitzvah Leviah of such a huge Tamachochem shows how important so that's to everyone listening everyone watching everyone sharing you are part of something hugely important because this is Dokha, this is pushing off other mitzvahs that we would think are supremely important. But no, this, these classes are important. So we, we ask you again, keep sharing the class, keep sharing the Das Torah that we're having, thank God, 
being connected to Rabbonim and Sadiqim. I would like to ask the Rav to give over if he has any personal stories, Rucham Kanevsky or the family of the Stipler or of the Chazanish or any of the family of Rav Chaim or Rav Eliyoshev. You know, it's hard to say, but now Rav Chaim is included in that. Well, just before we start telling about a story, I'd just like to emphasize what Rabbi Leo said. I sent my three boys last night. They already went to Bnei Brak to spend there the night. They're sleeping wow. at a relative wow. nearby, just so they can go to the Lavoya. These are my three oldest boys, and I really, really wanted to go with them. But the Rav said to me that this Shia is more important than going now to the Lavoya of Gdola Dorfas, which just shows you how important this Shia is. And, and, and as you can see, this is a very, very difficult Shia. I'd like to tell one a story that in the eulogy, this is a famous story about Reb Chaim, but in the eulogy that uh, his brother-in-law, Reb Zilberstein, gave just not long ago, he told this story, which is an incredible story. Reb Chaim, he had this issue about writing halachic books, about things that most people don't deal with. We all learn the major things about Shabbos and about davening and all these other different things, but there are many other halachas. Since our Torah is a Torah of life, which means that every aspect of our life has an answer in the Torah, and there are halachas which regard to how we're supposed to conduct ourselves, so there are many things that most of us don't touch. Reb Chaim took it upon himself to write books about all these things that to us seem minor, but in his eyes, it was very important to have books about them. One of the books he wrote is a book called Karnei Chagavim, The Horns of Locust. Or, how would you say, how do you you'd say Chagav, a grasshopper? We know that according to the Torah, there are types of locusts which you are allowed to eat. Certain grasshoppers, which are called Arbe, and you're allowed to eat them according to the Torah. But there are different signs what is considered to be a kosher locust and what is not. And those signs are signs that have went through tradition and are written in the books of our sages. And Reb Chaim wrote a whole book regarding all the different halachas about locusts. But Reb Chaim, all of his life, spent in his apartment, in his base midrash. He never saw one of these in person. And there are many things that he had to write about, but he had to see a locust, a live locust in front of him, a live grasshopper. Now, where's he going to get to see that? Reb Chaim was learning, writing his book, and he tells his story himself. And there were people who also saw this and they testified. And suddenly, out of the blue, a grasshopper, a grasshopper who's considered to be a locust, an arbe, lands on his windowsill. This was unbelievable. I mean, there was no locust right then in Am Yisrael, there was in Eretz Yisrael. It didn't exist, but it came to Reb Chaim's windowsill. Reb Chaim got up and he looked at it, looked at it from side to side, saw all the things that he needed to see and wrote all of these in his book. When Reb Chaim told this story to his brother-in-law, Rav Zilberstein, Rav Zilberstein went to their shared father-in-law, Rav Yoshiv of blessed memory, and he told Rav Yoshiv the story of how his son-in-law was writing a book about the different laws and halachas regarding locusts and grasshoppers, and one of them appeared on his windowsill. And Rav Yoshiv was shocked. He, he couldn't believe it. He said to Rav Zilberstein, to his other brother, to his other son-in-law, this is something that we only see with the Rishonim, with the elder, elder sages that lived 800, 900 years ago. 
Now, what was Rav Yoshi referring to? The Beis Yosef in Yoridea in chapter 82, he brings there something brought in the Toysfus that when one of Balei HaToysfus, which we're talking about here, sages that lived eight and nine hundred years ago, was writing and learning about the laws of a bird who's considered to be non-kosher or kosher, those birds appeared before him. Which means we see that this is something that the Rishonim happened. They were learning something and that thing appeared before them so they can understand it completely. And this is something that happened to Reb Chaim. And this just shows you what power of Torah that Jew had. Because I'm sorry to say, there are many things that I've learned. Nothing ever appeared before me. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I mean, we, we can now understand what kind of a huge Torah giant Reb Chaim was. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu did these miracles for him by sending him a locust just so he can learn the different halachas. Wow. Awesome stories. Thank you, Rav. We really appreciate it. We want to mention also that being students of Rav Oresh, we also have other students who have amazing stories of meeting with Rav Chaim Kanievsky. For example, Nissen Black, who's been our most attended guest, I believe, by this our studio By classes. the way, I must say also, I yeah. also had this chus of going into Rav Chaim. Oh, good. I, you, you, you tremble with awe when you're in front of that yet. You well, trembled with awe. It was ugh. well. I unfortunately didn't have the merit to go to his home in Bnei Brak. I did meet him outside of his home, but Baruch uh, Hashem, Nissen Black went to his home, and it was a very significant meeting in his journey. And it just uh, strengthened already what Rav Oresh had given as Das Torah for Nissim to be able to do his mission and to take away the stigmas and God forbid any any lack of love towards different types of Jews and keep us more able to be more inclusive rather than exclusive. And that was a very important meeting that went uh, very viral online. And uh, Hashem, that's a Kiddush Hashem example of how Rav Chaim was able to see the neshama, see the light within all the people that are visiting. I have many, many stories of people saying they had that feeling when they went in his presence. They felt elevated and lifted up and they felt their soul was looked at rather than just who they were physically. And that, that kind of look that Siddiquim have to look into the soul of a human being is something which is very powerful, uniting and unifying and can be part of the, in my opinion, and I believe in these classes as part of that, is bringing Mashiach, is bringing the soul level out more, bringing out that we're Neshamas and we're not just uh, skin color or you know other physical aspects. We are soulful beings who, who can all join together and the Gedolim, the the koyach of Torah and the, the, the koyach of their, the strength of their anivas, humility, it gives us the ability to, to enter into that true realm of soul. And yeah. uh, I think that's something which, you know, I, I didn't, once again, I didn't see his father also the stipler, but I heard stories like this. He was able to be inclusive. He had a constant, his father had back and forth with, with a famous doctor of uh, Tversky, they were very close, Dr. Tversky, we mentioned him when he passed away this last year, and uh, there was all these kind of interactions as well. If you go online right now, not that I recommend you, but if you are online, you'll see tremendous covered from people in Likud and all the different political parties, all giving tremendous respect to Rav Chaim. The whole of Medina Seretz as well has, has made way for this Leviah in, a, in the right way, in a respectful in right way. In a respectful way. And Amazing. they've shown covered to, to Das Torah, and this is something which is also very unifying for the Jewish people, that when it comes down to it, with all the different opinions, they're working together to give respect to a soul that did so much good for the world and for the Jewish people and, and in Eretz Israel. 
So is there anything else before we uh, finish off this difficult class? Anything else the Rav would like to say about uh, Gadol and, and also Rav Chaim? Yes. I'd like first of all to say that what Rabbi Leo said about Avas Yisrael, one of the most important virtues that all of Gadol Yisrael have is real and true Avas Yisrael. They don't care how you look. They don't care what your religious state is. They don't care from what congregation you come from or what your background is. They love you because of your pure Jewish soul. A person who doesn't have Avas Yisrael will never be able to be Godeldor. He'll never be able to be one of Gadol Yisrael. And Gadol Yisrael all had this Avas Yisrael in an unbelievable manner. And you can see this with Chaim. Who didn't walk in through his doorstep? I mean, we're talking about non-from people. People came to him with tattoos and with earrings in their ear. People who were not from. People who came from different backgrounds. People who even within the Jewish world and the from world came from different places to where Reb Chaim himself was. It made no difference to him. He loved every single Jew. He had such Avas Yisrael, loving everyone. Everyone was, was welcomed with a smile and with a blessing and with an advice. And Reb Chaim had great spiritual powers because we know Tzadik Goizer v'HaKadosh Baruch Hu Mekayim. Tzadik decrees and HaKadosh Baruch Hu Seh. HaKadosh Baruch Hu keeps what he decrees. Reb Chaim had the power to decree things. Miracles are told about him. These are things that you're going to be hearing about. But I'd like to end with a story of just showing us that Reb Chaim became Godel Hador because of his absolute, absolute love to Hashem and absolute annulment to what Hashem decrees. What Hashem says, that is what Reb Chaim did. This is an incredible story, and this is a story with a stipler. The stipler went once to visit his daughter, Reb Chaim's sister, Rebetzin Berzam of blessed memory. And she said to him, as they were speaking, listen, uh, father, Chaim's back. He did his back in. Okay. The stipler heard that. The stipler, after he finished visiting his daughter, Rebetzin Berzam, he went over to the house of his son, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Reb Chaim didn't understand why his father came to him. And Reb Chaim said to his father, Father, what happened? The stipler knew that Reb Chaim would never ever burden his father with anything. And even if his back, he did his back in, he'd never say anything to his father in order to not make his father upset or to cause him any grief or sorrow. And the stipler said to his son, Chaim, it's okay. Now, Please go to your bed, lie on your belly, and lift your shirt up, expose your back. Okay, now, each and every single one of us, if this is what our father would say, would go to him. Dad, what happened? Why? Is everything okay? Reb Chaim didn't say a single word. Reb Chaim went to his bed, lay on his belly, lifted his shirt up, and exposed his back. The stifler took out a bottle of oil, took the oil, put it on his hands, and then he started massaging Reb Chaim's back, and he said to him, now, lie like this for a couple of hours, and you'll feel excellent, and your, your back will be okay. And the, and the stipler left. Okay, the stipler left, and he meets his daughter, Rebetzin Berzim, who understood that her father went to her brother, Reb Chaim Kanievsky, and Rebetzin Berzim says to the father, Dad, father, Heliger stipler, I didn't mean your son, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. I meant my son-in-law, Reb Chaim Kluft. That's who he did his back in. Not my brother, my son-in-law. Now, j- just understand, Reb Chaim Kanievsky didn't do his back in. 
But his father came, there's a mitzvah of kibbutz Avaim, and he held his father in such great respect, because the Torah says that you have to respect your parents. So when his father said to him, lie on the bed, lie on your belly, lift up your shirt and expose your back, he didn't even ask why. He did exactly as he was told. The stipler heard this from his daughter, Rebetzin Berzem, and he said to her, I have to go back to Reb Chaim's house. So Rebetzin Berzem says to him, father, why? He says to him, I know him. I told him to lie that way for a couple of hours. He's not going to move from that bed until I tell him that I made a mistake and it's not him. And that's when he would happen. This just shows you, this is what makes a person, a godl, a great or a sage. Accepting Hashem's commandments with the most utter annulment. Doing what Hashem says to you. If Hashem says to you, Avas Yisrael, love Am Yisrael, you don't start asking questions. You don't start saying, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, I'm okay with them, I'm not okay with them. You do what you're told because that is what Hashem wants. That is the path of greatness. And I think that these are the lessons that we can learn from this great minister of Torah, Rabbi Shmaryao Yosef Chaim Ben Aravisal Yaakov of blessed memory, who today he is being buried, and today we and the whole world have lost such an immense and incredible light. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Rav Dainal Good, for filling in for Rav Shalom Oreshlita and doing an excellent job helping us mourn one of the big gedolim of Amisrael, and we. Please, God, will never forget his memory. I just want to end off with another story I saw online. Hope it's not too much time, but just very important. Rav Chaim Knetzatzel passed away on Erev Shabbos, 94 years old. This someone wrote, his name's Rav Avram Berkovitz. Just happened to come up on my Twitter feed. Just shows how the Gedolim are impacting online as we speak. He was the leader of hundreds of thousands of Haredi Jewry in Israel around the world. In 1972, when my mother-in-law and her family were able to immigrate, from Krakow, Ukraine, USSR, they needed a family member in Israel. The family would send an invitation letter to the Ovir in Russia to allow them to immigrate. One of those family name is Kanievsky, and they did not have actual family in Israel. But Yaakov Kanievsky, the stipler, signed the invitation letter. Yeah? It wasn't even family, just the same <laughs> name. He instructed some of Chaim Kanievsky to facilitate the immigration process. The Rebbe, the Chabad Rebbe, because it's the Chabadnik, in New York was actively involved in the entire process and instructed them to visit Rev. Chaim Kanievsky and, and the stipler as they arrived there to thank him for helping them leave the USSR. They went straight from the airport to visit him in Bnei Brak and expressed their deepest appreciation to their family members. Rev. Chaim Kanievsky was known for his scholarship and Torah, but his involvement in helping Tens of thousands were living impoverished. 600,000 mourners are expected to attend. But actually, I think it's a million right now. Yes, yeah? they say. Yeah, a million mourners. So, right, that's happening as we speak. By this point, when the year goes live on all our platforms and we, we get it out there to you guys, it will already be after the Leviah. But obviously, we're still within this time period. Everyone should take note and internalize everything we've discussed today and do the um, avoda and the mission of sharing Amuna, sharing Torah, Avasa Torah. This is a real key. My, my own Rebbe, the Tom Rebbe, was talking about how important this year Purim was not just cut off for Shabbos Kodesh, but I had a thought as well. But Purim was also ended with 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 the power of Torah. Sashal Torah came to remind us that with all the fun and Simcha, we have to bring it together with Torah and Shabbos, and that that's what Hashem's going to want for us, to bring Mashiach's Bukor of Mamish, when you notice when you have Ravarish sitting here in person, he's not just uh, you know texting or doing things like I am. He's sitting and learning. He's learning every second that he's not on the camera. So 
we should take note of the power of Torah and what it means to be a male in Torah and we should get inspiration to have our own chizuk in learning. There's so many programs, Dafyomi, Amajomi, you know, we could list go on and on. Dirshu, there's so many programs, thank God. We have all our Garden of Amunah series. You can learn those books. Baruch Hashem, Rav Chaim Kanevsky himself was Nana from the books. I don't know this campaign, but back in the day, the Garden of Amunah books, he was learning them as well, according to his family. So now we all have that Koyach and that strength for the power of the Siddiquim and the Melis Yochta for us. We should be blessed with a beautiful rest of the week. We're looking forward to our next Amunah class. Hopefully it'll be easier to get a guest. And we'll please God um, wish you all a healthy week and a good Shabbos, Shabbos uh, Pasha Shmini and Pasha's Para. And please God will be Messiah Chodesh Adar with Simcha and good news for all of us, all of the world, for the Ukraine, for everybody. There should be peace in the world, and peace in Eretz Yisrael, peace in the Holy Land. And we should be blessed with uh, only positive and happier classes going ahead. Amen. 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 Thank you. No music today, sorry. And we are here. Welcome to our class number 65. I'm a little bit on the left foot, honestly, being that we are in a very mournful day after Purim, after a wonderful Purim, thank God. Um, this is our class in our studio in Yushalayim, hosted by Rav Shalom He is the one who has given us the uh, Das Torah, the guidance to make a class today, even though it's a very unusual day, being that there's right now a Leviah of Hagon, Harav, Chaim, Kanievsky, Zatzal. They have a picture, it's all over, everywhere, on the media, on our platforms everywhere, Avi, Avi, our father, our father. Yes, we are mourning for Rav Chaim Kanievsky as we speak, the big gedolim that are left amongst our people, the big leaders. The soulful Gadolim are speaking right now and, and be muspid him as we speak. So it's a little bit uh, uncomfortable for me to do this class right now. But we are listening to our Das Torah, as I'm sure Rav Dainelga will explain. He will be hosting the class, B'Shem Rav, B'Shem Rav Shalom Orish, who we still pray for, a full refuah Shlema of Shalom Ben Yemna. And also, we are asking everyone to be rid of all forms of Corona, 
challenges, whatever that means nowadays. Hopefully it's over with already for Shlema and also to dedicate this year to for Shlema Tilavikabas Masha and elevation of the soul Ben Chaim, Havda Ben Chaim Lachaim to Gedalia, Sanya Rachmadino Ben Gedalia. And to, yes, wish everyone a good week, healthy, energized spring, to have good pacer preps with joy, finish off the Chodesh Adar with Simcha, Kashrut. And please, God, we ask you all to share Amunah global. That's always our request. And even though this is a difficult class to give today, we're going to go ahead with a bit of your feedback, just of the previous classes, just so we can taste a little bit of the Purim joy that just was. We shouldn't lose that light that just was. We should bring it with us. And um, let's go. So here we are, a bit of feedback before we get to Rav Dain Algod's important class on the Gedolim. To Darabah Kavada Rav, may Hashem bless you and all your loved ones always. Amen vermen. Amen. Shalom greetings. Amen with a song of worship. Elohim um, Hashem, Hashem, our Father, Godfather of Abraham, Yitzhak Yaakov. We pray for your blessings to be restored. Blessings. Amen. 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 This is from a bunch of names are listed. And the main point is Shalom Brothers, he's giving a lot of blessings and times of worship, enjoying the classes that we're doing. Nooch is the best, someone wrote, our last week's guest. Greetings New York is present. We had New York in the house. Baruch Hashem. Thank you for this amazing stream, praying for Rav Shalom Arashlita. Thank you, Hashem. Thank Rav Shalom Todah, Rabah. We've got some Spanish over here. Great teachings in a nutshell. Maria Galindo, thank you very much. Shalom Aleichem Gedalia, people enjoying the class we just put up from Gedalia, oh, Gedalia Fenster rather, he doesn't like to be called Rav. He, thank God, is posting now again on his YouTube channel, some rebranding, and that was a delay, so hopefully we'll be back to once or every two weeks or so. Gedalia Fenster's English class on our channel. So beautiful, a nice video. Chag Sameach, Rabbi. When a person smiles, he is literally reviving people. This is all in context to Rav Sholem Arash's Purim classes. It's true. Thank you, Rav. Rabbi Hashem. Bless you. I just signed up for removal of curses. That was last week. I only knew about it because of the thumbnail picture. Yes. And we did publicize it. But the good news is that we do have now the Kimcha de Pizcha campaigns already gone live on our channels. We're going to get the link out there more and more in the next week or so. And it has the opportunity now to join our newest campaign to help all the Aniyim, the poor people of Eretz Israel and Yushalayim, that we're able to help. And you can partner with that now. And Rav Dainaga gave a very important um, explanation of uh, of what that mitzvah is about. Thank, and we'll discuss it more hopefully another week from now as well in a class on next week's Pesach focus class. Thank you, Rabbi. Happy Purim. Purim Sameach. Hi, bro. Someone wrote, <laughs> Oh, that was Yoni Gabali. Thank you, my holy brother. You are the best. That was in reference to my own class. Thank God. We focused on Purim and opening our hearts. We didn't know we'd be going and ending Purim in Yushalayim with the news that we're now going to focus on now. So let's go now to Rav Dain Elgod. And the big question is that already came through. How do we dedicate to Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zatzal and Al Gadolim? Thank you, Rebelio. Not easy. No, not easy. It's a very difficult day. First of all, I'd just like to say that again, I do apologize that I am sitting here in the studio Instead of the Rav, we're hoping that uh, Rabbi Arush is going to be feeling better very soon. And he's going to be giving the Shurim instead of me. And I'll be back to my position as translating. Today is a very difficult day. Uh, 
Reb Chaim Kamievsky, Reb Shmoyo, Yosef Chaim, Zecher Tzadik Levrocha, blessed memory, one of the biggest yoin in this generation ever saw, is called the Minister of the Torah, one of the, and the foremost leaders of the Frum Jewry in Eretz Yisrael and all over the world, passed away on Friday. And as we're speaking now is uh, his funeral and all the eulogies and they say that there are a million people there that are escorting him on his last way. Just so we should know, there's a special blessing that one makes when so many people congregate together, when so many Jews congregate together. The Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim in chapter 224 says there's a bracha called Chochom Harozim. You make a special bracha when you see 600,000 people of Am Yisrael together. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, I, I did not want to be here today. I wanted to go to the funeral, and uh, I wanted to pay my respects to uh, the leader of the Haredi jury, but I asked the Rav on Shabbos what to do, and the Rav said to me that this shir is more important than me going to the funeral, being one of many, and we can do what we're supposed to do here in the studio. So, since this is the Rav, and I am a Talmud of the Rav, and... What the Rav says is what we should do. So we're here in the studio. I'm going to try today and speak a bit about Reb Chaim and a, a bit about the virtue of G'dayli Yisrael to explain why why are we mourning? Why are we so upset when a 94-year-old Jew passed away? Someone who was not, we're not related to him. He's not our father. I mean, if he was my father, I could understand, but... Uh, since this is not what we're talking about, why are we so upset? Why are we so connected? Why do we all want to be at this funeral? Why are we so painful and mourning for what happened? And in order to understand that, we need to explain what is the role of G'doyle Yisrael in Am Yisrael. The Gemara in several places, the Gemara brings this in uh, the Tractate of Tanis on page 24. The Gemara brings a, a, a verse from the book of Bamidbar in chapter 15. G'doyle Yisrael are called Enei Ha'eda, the eyes of the congregation. They're the ones who see things that we do not see. They're the ones who guide us. They're the ones who show us what is the path that we're supposed to follow. They are our leaders, our spiritual and our, and our religious compass. They're the ones who tell us how to behave, not just on our day-to-day -day lives with things that are regarded to Jewish halacha, but also with crucial things regarding to how to lead the public, how to conduct Amisroil, what to do on important issues. And once we lose the eyes of the generation, we're blinded. We, we've lost our eyes. I mean, we're talking here about someone who was so great and so big that we are literally blind when we lose him. And that is such a great loss that we, we, we're unable to overcome this loss. I'd, I'd like to tell a story about what does it mean, G'doyle Yisrael, who are the eyes of the generation. This is a story from one of my rabbis and mentors, Rabbi Mordechai Liao, blessed memory. He was once at a tour in the airport in Israel. And while he was in the tour, the manager of the airport, who wasn't a film person, came up to him and he said to him, Rabbi, I want to understand. 
Why do I have to listen to what the rabbis say? Why can't I decide on my own? What do I need the rabbis for? Don't rabbis ever make mistakes? Ramadi Khaliyahu said to him, Yes, rabbis can sometimes make mistakes. So the manager of the airport said to him, Okay, so in that case, why have I got to listen to the rabbis? Ramadi Khaliyahu said to him, Listen, rabbis have a much broader view. They see things that other people don't see. And since they see things, their view encompasses things that you are unable to comprehend, you should listen to them because they will see and know things that you will not know. The manager of the airport said to him, oh, come on. I mean, really, you know, I'm a man, the rabbi's a man. What can he see that I can't see? But Mordechai Yahweh smiled at him and said, wait, I'll explain it to soon. You'll understand what I mean. Well, anyway, they were touring around the airport, and then they came to the supervision tower, to the big tower that every airport has, the where all the supervisors sit, and they're the ones who direct the planes and tell them, you're supposed to land here, you're supposed to land there. Okay, so Mordechai Liao asked the manager of the airport, he said to him, please explain to me what, what do the supervisors do? So the manager of the airport says, well, the supervisors, they can see what plane is coming from. They can see what track is empty, and they direct the planes and tell them where to land. But Mordechai turned to the manager of the airport, and he said to him, I want to ask you a question. If one of the pilots who's flying the plane says, well, I can see there's an empty track, there's an empty space, and I'm landing on track number two. And the supervisor of the airport says to him, no, no, don't land there, land on track number three. Why? should the pilot listen to the airport supervisor and the manager of the airport was like he was all aghast and he said no he has to listen to him because since they're sitting on a higher ground they see things the pilot doesn't see they can see if a plane is going to come in in the middle and if it's dangerous so the pilot has to listen to the supervisors because they can see things that he can't see but Mordechai looked at him and smiled and said listen your ears should listen to what your mouth is saying you yourself admit that there are places and situations where some people see more than others, like flight supervisors. It's exactly the same thing with the great sages of Amisrol. They see things that others don't see. Well, very, very important answer to the big question, how do we dedicate to Rav Chaim Kanievsky? One of the ways that we want to dedicate Rav Chaim Kanievsky's this whole week, all our classes, everything we're doing in the Muna class studio, as well as our Muna channels with Breslov Israel, Breslov English. We'd like you to join there and keep partnering with all our causes, even though it doesn't go directly to Rav Chaim, but we do have very special moments that Rav Sholomorish went to see Rav Chaim Kanievsky and sat with him and got blessings from Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky for all his mosters and everything, all his institutes and everything that he's doing with his books and the sharing of Muna. The Rav, Rav Chaim Kanievsky Zatso himself was learning those Svarim as Nene from them, as you can see from the from the video um, where the, the Rav Chaim Kanievsky's uh, aide, his person helping him, was saying that you, the Rav himself has, has learned those books and it was as an example we also would like you to keep partnering very much with Rav Oresh himself. He's put very strong Dagesh emphasis on loving everyone unconditionally. Avis Israel, Avis Chinam. These booklets are available. Go to our website, brezlev.com or mayamuna.com. Either one is fine, and you'll be able to get locate these very easily. And we ask you to share. 
and to not only just share the links, but actually purchase them and share them in hard copies. They're very easy and quick to read. I gave out a bunch on Purim to people that I was able to be at at different places I went, thank God. And it's very easy just to purchase them, they're very cheap, thank God, and easy for us to ship to you. So it's an easy mitzvah of keeping the momentum going of Torah and Avis as well that Rav Oresh wants us to keep sharing. And that is part of why we are here today, because the Rav has given us the death Torah to be here. So it's uncomfortable a little bit, but the, one of the big questions that came through as well was Rav Chaim Kanetsky mentioned Mashiach's coming. Is that anything that we, how do we, when Gadolim talk about Mashiach and Rav Oresh has talked about Mashiach, do we have a specific uh, guidance on that message? There's a Gemara in Tractate Moed Koton, page 28 on the first side. And the Gemara says there that when righteous people, when great Torah sages pass away, it comes to atone for the sins of Amisrael. It says in the book of Yeshaya, in chapter 57, on the first verse, Ki mipnei Because of the evil things, the bad things, the righteous person was taken, the righteous person is taken to atone for Amisrael. In the eulogy that Reb Chaim Kanievsky's brother-in-law gave, the great Goan Rabbi Tzchak Zilberstein, may HaKadosh Baruch Hu give him long life and health, he brought an incredible midrash. The midrash says on the verse in Shira Shirim, Eshkol HaKofer Doidili. A person who's like an Eshkol, he is like a whole batch of grapes, and he is, he knows everything. He knows the whole Torah, he knows the whole Gemara, he knows every single thing that exists. And, and this was Reb Chaim. Reb Chaim was a person who you could ask a question in any place, in any place. There's a phenomenal story about him that once someone was looking for a source for something and they asked him a question and Reb Chaim stopped and for one minute he went quiet and he said, well, in the Gemara Bavli, it doesn't exist. Another minute, in the Gemara Yerushalmi, it doesn't exist. And then another minute, in the Midrash, it doesn't exist. It took him three minutes to go through nearly the whole Torah. That's something that we, we can't comprehend. We can't comprehend the greatness of such a Jew. And the Midrash says, that when there is a gzera, when there is a decree on Am Yisrael, a decree on the world, Hashem takes this incredible Tamid Chochem as a koifil, as a ransom. Instead, it replaces what is supposed to be decreed on Am Yisrael. So, when righteous people, when great righteous people are taken, that means that a great decree, something bad had to happen. And they atoned for our sins. Now, people are asking about Mashiach. I want to tell you something. I, I That Rosh Hashanah, when the Rav spoke about Mashiach before Rosh Hashanah, we're talking here about 2021. Am I correct, Rebelio? Yes? Uh, um, before no, 2020. 2020, yeah. Yes, it was right, like, right at the beginning of the corona. Yeah. And the Rav said to me, after, after the Rav was speaking about Mashiach, I asked the Rav, what, what does the Rav mean? The Rav said to me, listen, this year, one of the two things is going to happen. It's either Mashiach who's going to come, or there is going to be a great, terrible decree, some judgment on Amisrol. I said to the Rav, Rabbi, what do you mean? It's either this or that? He says to me, yes. I said to him, so why didn't you say it in the Shia? The Rav said, what? Am I supposed to speak about such bad things in my Shia? Do you remember what happened last year? 
Remember, on Meron, Lagba Omer, we lost 45 Jews, three of them from our congregation. Today is the 11 months of all of those holy spirits. We're having a big event in Yeshiva, for our Talmud, Rabbi Simcha Moshe Tzorfati of blessed memory. 11 months where they stop saying Kaddish, that is the custom. So, as we can see, when big things are going to happen, it can either be very positive things or we have the great Sadiqim who have to pass away in order to atone for Amisrael. So by Reb Chaim passing away and passing away on such a great day on Purim, and I mean, look at that. I mean, Reb Chaim all his life tried. He was so full of Avas Yisrael and he did everything not to burden anyone else. He didn't even want to ruin the Purim Semcha of Am Yisrael. He passed away in a special and unique death. He was taken away with what's called the Mitas Neshika. It's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu came and kissed him on his lips and his Neshama yearned to cling to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and just left his body. And he did that two hours before Shabbos came in, after everyone was already celebrating and happy and joyous with Purim and all of that not to ruin the Purim for Am Yisrael. And when Reb Chaim, such a great, great Talmud Chochem, a leader of the generation, passes away, we can understand that a great decree, a great judgment was lying on the heads of Am Yisrael. And by his death, he was our ransom. He atoned for us. So I think that explains that these are years of great hashpahs, great influences. And we can either see it this way or that way. I just thought of a question myself. I hope the Rav doesn't mind me putting on the spot, but it came to my head. It's Pasha's Para right now, uh, which we're reading this Shabbos in Pasha Shmini, and that's an extension with the Dalit Pashas, so the third one. And Pasha's Para is in Pasha's Chukas, which I remember there was a connection to the idea of Siddiquim passing away with Miriam. And... That's what that's what the Gemara yeah. says in Tractate Moed Kosan on page yeah. 28. Why was the death of Miriam? connected to the whole Pasha's para and to sacrifices. Yeah. And he says, just like the Pora Aduma atones for the sins of Amisrael, so too the, the death of Tzadikim that also atones for Amisrael. So also one of the questions I was thinking, what, how come the, the Rav Azokit to be Nifter on Erev Shabbos Purim, like Purim, Shushan Purim, uh, of the Makofas, the, the walled cities in Yushalayim, so we were in Purim, and as we heard the news, like still at the climax of our Simchus Purim, and also Erev Shabbos is a holy time, the souls go great straight up without needing... Uh, is there any comment from any, any rabbonim? There's a book called Ma'avarya Book. That is the book, the Kabbalic book, that deals with the whole aspect of a soul passing away. And he speaks there about special dates where a person passes away. He says that a person that passes away on Friday after midday is a very unique thing. The, the negative influences have got no power on him, also passing away on a day like Shabbos or Purim. Now, Reb Chaim was, oh, it was a, a shtickle toy. <laughs> he was, he was, he was, he was they, there's a joke that they say about Dolly Israel that if you'd cut their finger instead of blood, Torah would be pouring out. That's what would be said about Reb Chaim Kanievsky of blessed memory. I mean, it's irrelevant to what day he'd pass away. The negative influences wouldn't even be able to come close to his spirit. The Gemara in Moed Koton, in page 25, second side, the Gemara says that one of the eulogies they used to say about the great, great Kedoyle Yisrael when they passed away 
was he who rides and masters the heavenly planes that is relating to Hashem. He is joyous and happy. When a clean and holy, righteous, pious soul comes to him. Can you imagine the joy that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has when Reb Chaim passed away and came up to the heavenly realm? I mean, we are crying and we are in sorrow because we've lost him. But passing away on such a special day, on Purim, a day of Simcha, a day of Torah, the Gemara says in Tractate Shabbos on page, on page 88, first side, that Purim is when Am Yisrael accepted the Torah again. I mean, that just shows us what Reb Chaim is, what a holy, great soul he was, that he had the merit to pass on such a special day. Kimu v'kiblu, Yes. So we, we are sitting here now in the studio of Bashkoch Pras Divine Providence with Das Torah from Ravorish. He's asked us to come, even though the Levi is on at the moment in Bnei Barak, not too far away. Um, our hearts and our souls are with all the, the, the people of the, of the Jewish world, and the, hopefully the rest of the world understands what this special day is also significant for all the world, because Torah, it holds up the world, and Rav Chaim was definitely uh, the Sar of Torah, like we have Rav Orish was the Sar of Achiyach, the Sar of Smiles, the the Chief Minister of Smiles. We have the the Sar of Torah, the the Minister of Torah was Rav Chaim Zatzal. I do have the me- the memory of thank God of being by a bris where he was sandik and I got a blessing a long long time ago and things were simpler back then, um, easier to get in touch with the gedolim and there were much more gedolim around. Um, so the question that we have here is who do we follow now? Who's going to lead? <laughs> <laughs> that is one of the most difficult questions. Who yeah. becomes the next leader? The, there's a famous question. How do we know who to follow? How do we know who is the person who is supposed to be leading Amisrol? Well, one of the people who spoke about it was Reb Chaim's uncle. Reb Chaim's uncle, the Chazanish. Reb Chaim's uncle spoke a lot about who is supposed to lead Amisrol. How do you know? Who is the Torah sage who is supposed to be the next leader? Well, there's something very, very unique that the Gemara says. The Gemara brings it again. This is this is all in Tractate Moed Cotton because Tractate Moed Cotton is the tractate that speaks about the Avelis and sorrow and grief. The Gemara there says, in on page 16, the Gemara there says that a Talmud Chacham who learns all his Torah inside, everything is kept. And everything is very modest and very quiet, and it's an internal work. They declare outside, this is the great leader of the generation. Which means, being the leader of Am Yisrael, you don't have to hold a special position, you don't have to be a Rosh Yeshiva, you don't have to be the author of some special books. Am Yisrael have an internal compass, an internal knowledge that directs them and tells them, this is the great man of the generation. This is the leader. And the Tamir Chachomim know with this internal spiritual compass how to direct themselves to the spiritual leader and how to learn from him. I'm going to give you a few examples. One of the greatest Geonim who lived 250 years ago was the Vilna Goen. The Vilna Goen was something unique. I mean, at the age of six, he was such a Goen. He knew all the Torah. It was something unbelievable. The Vilna Goen sat and learned in Vilna in a shul that belonged to tailors. It was a very simple shul, not a known shul, and he sat and he learned there all day. And the tailors did everything that they could do to guard him, to guard his privacy, and to allow him to learn quietly undisturbed. 
no one would have heard about the Vilna Gaon until one day, one of the tailors got drunk and started speaking about the incredible Tamid Chochem, this great Gaon, this great genius who was learning in their shul. And everyone in Vilna was absolutely shocked that such a man managed to hide himself. And one of the great sages of that generation, the Shagas Arya, came to meet him, spoke to him, and he declared that Am Yisrael has now a goen to lead it into the next generation. So this is an example of how someone who was learning modestly and privately in a quiet place, without people knowing him, when Hashem decided, he was revealed. His Torah revealed him, and Am Yisrael knew how to direct themselves. I'm going to give another example. Another example is Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Reb Chaim Kanievsky never held any official position. He was an avrich. He sat and he learned all day long. He didn't voice his opinion on public things until about eight years ago, five years ago, where there was no other choice, but he had to start voicing his opinion. He was secluded in his apartment, in his koilel, learning Torah. But all the tamidicham chomim, all their internal spiritual compass told him, this is the man to go to. This is the leader of the generation. This is the great Talmud Chacham who knows everything. We can ask him everything. So the answer to your question, who is going to lead us? This internal spiritual compass of G'dayla Yisrael, of Tamid Chachomim, will tell us who's going to be the next leader. Wow, thank you, Rav. Uh, we really appreciate being able to have this class today, even though, once again, it's very difficult emotionally and uh, spiritually. But the we you now get the inspiration that we know how important these classes are, that the Rav Shalom Marsh has given us that Torah guidance, that this class is more important than the mitzvah Leviah of such a huge Tamachokim, shows how important. So that's to everyone listening, everyone watching, everyone sharing. You are part of something hugely important because this is Docha, this is pushing off other mitzvahs that we would think are supremely important. But no, this, these classes are important. So we, we ask you again, keep sharing the class, keep sharing the Das Torah that we're having, thank God, being connected to Rabbonim and Sadiqim. I would like to ask the Rav to give over if he has any personal stories of Rukhaim Kanevsky or the family of the Stipler or of the Chazanish or any of the family of Rav Chaim or Rav Eliyashev. You know, it's hard to say, but now Rav Chaim is included in that. Well, just before we start telling about a story, I'd just like to emphasize Zekha what Rebilio said. It says, yeah. Tzadikim, what Rebilio said, I sent my three boys last night. They already went to Bnei Brak to spend there the night. They're sleeping wow. with a relative wow. nearby, just so they can go to the Lavoya. These are my three oldest boys, and I really, really wanted to go with them. But the Rav said to me that this Shia is more important than going now to the Lavoya of Gdoladolf As, which just shows you how important this Shia is. And, and as you can see, this is a very, very difficult Shia. I'd like to tell one a story that in the eulogy, this is a famous story about Reb Chaim, but in the eulogy that uh, his brother-in-law, Rab Zilberstein, gave just not long ago, he told this story, which is an incredible story. Reb Chaim, he had this issue about writing halachic books about things that most people don't deal with. We all learn the major things about Shabbos and about davening and all these other different things, but there are many other halachas. Since our Torah is a Torah of life, which means that every aspect of our life, 
has an answer in the Torah, and there are halachas which regard to how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. So there are many things that most of us don't touch. Reb Chaim took it upon himself to write books about all these things that to us seem minor, but in his eyes, it was very important to have books about them. One of the books he wrote is a book called Karnei Chagavim, The Horns of Locust, or how would you say, how do you, you'd say Chagav, a grasshopper. We know that according to the Torah, there are types of locusts which you are allowed to eat. Certain grasshoppers which are called Arabe, and you're allowed to eat them according to the Torah. But there are different signs what is considered to be a kosher locust and what is not. And those signs are signs that have went through tradition and are written in the books of our sages. And Reb Chaim wrote a whole book regarding all the different halachas about locusts. But Reb Chaim, all of his life spent in his apartment, in his base midrash, he never saw one of these in person. And there are many things that he had to write about, but he had to see a locust, a live locust in front of him, a live grasshopper. Now, where's he going to get to see that? Reb Chaim was learning, writing his book, and he tells his story himself. And there were people who also saw this and they testified. And suddenly, out of the blue, a grasshopper, a grasshopper who's considered to be a locust, an Arabe, lands on his windowsill. This was unbelievable. I mean, there was no locust right then in Ami Israel. There was an inner Israel. It didn't exist. But it came to Reb Chaim's windowsill. Reb Chaim got up and he looked at it, looked at it from side to side, saw all the things that he needed to see, and wrote all of these in his book. When Reb Chaim told this story to his brother-in-law, Rav Zilberstein, Rav Zilberstein went to their shared father-in-law, Rav Yoshiv, of blessed memory, and he told Rav Yoshiv a story of how his son-in-law was writing a book about the different laws and halachas regarding locusts and grasshoppers, and one of them appeared on his windowsill. And Rav Yoshiv was shocked. He, he couldn't believe it. He said to Rav Zilberstein, to his other brother, to his other son-in-law, this is something that we only see with the Rishonim, with the elder, elder sages that lived 800, 900 years ago. Now, what was Rav Yoshi referring to? The Beis Yosef in Yoridea, in chapter 82, he brings there something brought in the Toysfus, that when one of Balei HaToysfus, which we're talking about here, sages that lived eight and 900 years ago, was writing and learning about the laws of a bird who's considered to be non-kosher or kosher, those birds appeared before him. Which means we see that this is something that the Rishonim happened. They were learning something and that thing appeared before them so they can understand it completely. And this is something that happened to Reb Chaim. And this just shows you what power of Torah that Jew had. Because I'm sorry to say, there are many things that I've learned. Nothing ever appeared before me. Okay? I mean, we, we can now understand what kind of a huge Torah giant Reb Chaim was that HaKadosh Baruch Hu did these miracles for him by sending him a locust just so he can learn the different halachas. Wow. Awesome stories. Thank you, Rav. We really appreciate it. We want to mention also that being students of Rav Oresh, we also have other students who have amazing stories of meeting with Rav Chaim Kanievsky. For example, Nissen Black, who's been our most attended guest, I believe, by this our studio. By classes. the way, I must say also, I yeah. also had this chus of going into Reb Chaim. Oh, good. I, you, you, you tremble with awe when you're in front of that yid. You wow. trembled with awe. It was, oh. 
Well, I unfortunately didn't have the merit to go to his home in Bnei Brak. I did meet him outside of his home, but Baruch Hashem, Nissen Black went to his home and it was a very significant meeting in his journey. And it just uh, strengthened already what Rav Oresh had given as Das Torah for Nissim to be able to do his mission and to take away the stigmas and God forbid any any lack of love towards different types of Jews and keep us more able to be more inclusive rather than exclusive. And that was a very important meeting that went uh, very viral online. And Baruch uh, Hashem, that's a Kiddush Hashem example of how Rav Chaim was able to see the neshama, see the light within all the people that are visiting. I have many, many stories of people saying they had that feeling when they went in his presence. They felt elevated and lifted up and they felt their soul was looked at rather than just who they were physically. And that, that kind of look that Siddiquim have to look into the soul of a human being is something which is very powerful, uniting and unifying and can be part of the, in my opinion, and I believe in these classes as part of that, is bringing Mashiach, is bringing the soul level out more, bringing out that we're neshamas and we're not just the skin color or, you know, other physical aspects. We are soulful beings who who can always join together. And the gedolim, the, the koyach of Torah and the, the, the koyach of their, the strength of their anivas, humility, it gives us the ability to, to enter into that true realm of soul. And yeah. uh, I think that's something which... You know, I I didn't, once again, I didn't see his father also the stipler, but I heard stories like this. He was able to be inclusive. He had a constant, his father had back and forth with with a famous doctor of uh, Tversky. They were very close, Dr. Tversky. We mentioned him when he passed away this last year. And uh, there was all these kind of interactions as well. If you go online right now, not that I recommend you, but if you are online, you'll see tremendous covered from people in Likud and all the different political parties, all giving tremendous respect to Rav Chaim. The whole of Medina Seretz as well has, has made way for this Leviah in, a, in the right way, in a respectful in a right way. respectful way. And Indeed. they've shown covered to, to Das Torah. And this is something which is also very unifying for the Jewish people that when it comes down to it, with all the different opinions, they're working together to give respect to a soul that did so much good for the world and for the Jewish people and, and in Eretz as well. So is there anything else before we uh, finish off this difficult class? Anything else that Rav would like to say about uh, Gadol and, and also Rav Chaim? Either? Yes. I'd like first of all to say that what Rabbi Leo said about Avas Yisrael, one of the most important virtues that all of Gadol Yisrael have is real and true Avas Yisrael. They don't care how you look. They don't care what your religious state is. They don't care from what congregation you come from or what your background is. They love you because of your pure Jewish soul. A person who doesn't have Avas Yisrael will never be able to be Godel Dor. They'll never be able to be one of Godel Yisrael. And Godel Yisrael all had this Avas Yisrael in an unbelievable manner. And you can see this with Chaim. Who didn't walk in through his doorstep? I mean, we're talking about non-from people. People came to him with tattoos and with earrings in their ear. People who were not from. People who came from different backgrounds. People who even within the Jewish world and the from world came from different places to where Reb Chaim himself was. It made no difference to him. He loved every single Jew. He had such Avas Yisroel, loving everyone. Everyone was was welcomed with a smile and with a blessing and with an advice. And Reb Chaim had great spiritual powers because we know 
Tzadik goizer v'hakadosh baruch hu mekayim. Tzadik decrees and hakadosh baruch hu says. Hakadosh baruch hu keeps what he decrees. Reb Chaim had the power to decree things. Miracles are told about him. These are things that you're going to be hearing about. But I'd like to end with a story of just showing us that Reb Chaim became Godel Hador because of his absolute, absolute love to Hashem and absolute annulment to what Hashem decrees. What Hashem says, that is what Reb Chaim did. This is an incredible story. And this is a story with a stipler. The stipler went once to visit his daughter, Reb Chaim's sister, Rebetzin Berzam of blessed memory. And she said to him, as they were speaking, listen, uh, father, Chaim's back. He did his back in. Okay. The stipler heard that. The stipler, after he finished visiting his daughter, Rebetzin Berzam, he went over to the house of his son, Reb Chaim Kanievsky. Reb Chaim didn't understand why his father came to him. And Reb Chaim said to his father, Father, what happened? The stipler knew that Reb Chaim would never ever burden his father with anything. And even if his back, he did his back in, he'd never say anything to his father in order to not make his father upset or to cause him any grief or sorrow. And the stipler said to his son, Chaim, it's okay. Now, please go to your bed, lie on your belly, and lift your shirt up, expose your back. Okay, now, each and every single one of us, if this is what our father would say, would go to him, Dad, what happened? Why? Is everything okay? Reb Chaim didn't say a single word. Reb Chaim went to his bed, lay on his belly, lifted his shirt up and exposed his back. The stifler took out a bottle of oil, took the oil, put it on his hands, and then he started massaging Reb Chaim's back. And he said to him, now, lie like this for a couple of hours and you'll feel excellent and your, your back will be okay. And the, and the stipler left. Okay, the stipler left. And he meets his daughter, Rebetzin Berzim, who understood that her father went to her brother, Abraham Kanievsky. And Rebetzin Berzim says to his father, Dad, father, Heliger stipler, I didn't mean your son, Rebchaim Kanievsky. I meant my son-in-law, Rebchaim Kluft. That's who he did his back in. Not my brother, my son-in-law. Now, just understand, Reb Chaim Kanievsky didn't do his back in, but his father came. There's a mitzvah of Kibbut Avaim, and he held his father in such great respect because the Torah says that you have to respect your parents. So when his father said to him, lie on the bed, lie on your belly, lift up your shirt and expose your back, he didn't even ask why. He did exactly as he was told. The stipler heard this from his daughter, Rebbe Tzad Berzem, and he said to her, I have to go back to Reb Chaim's house. So Rebetzin Berzer says to him, Father, why? He says to him, I know him. I told him to lie that way for a couple of hours. He's not going to move from that bed until I tell him that I made a mistake and it's not him. And that's when what happened. This just shows you this is what makes a person, a godl, a great Torah sage. Accepting Hashem's commandments with the most utter annulment doing what Hashem says to you. If Hashem says to you, Avas Yisrael, love Am Yisrael, you don't start asking questions. You don't start saying, I like this guy, I don't like this guy, I'm okay with them, I'm not okay with them. You do what you're told because that is what Hashem wants. That is the path of greatness. And I think that these are the lessons that we can learn from this great minister of Torah, 
Rabbi Shmariyahu Yosef Chaim Ben Aravisal Yaakov of blessed memory, who today he is being buried, and today we and the whole world have lost such an immense and incredible light. Amen, amen. Thank you so much, Rav Dain Algod, for filling in for Rav Shalom Shlita and doing an excellent job helping us mourn uh, one of the big gedolim of Am Yisrael. And we, please God, we'll never forget his memory. I just want to end off with another story I saw online. Hope it's not too much time, but just very important. Rav Chaim Knetzatzel passed away on Erev Shabbos, 94 years old. This someone wrote. His name's Rab Avram Berkovitz, just happens to come up on my Twitter feed, just shows how the Gedolim are impacting online as we speak. He was the leader of hundreds of thousands of Haredi Jewry in Israel around the world. In 1972, when my mother-in-law and her family were able to immigrate from Krakow, Ukraine, USSR, they needed a family member in Israel. The family would send an invitation letter to the Ovir in Russia to allow them to immigrate. My mother-in-law's family name is Kanievsky, and they did not have actual family in Israel. Rabbi Yaakov Kanetsky, the stifler, signed the invitation letter. Yeah? It wasn't even family, just the same <laughs> name. He instructed some Rabbi Chaim Kanetsky to facilitate the immigration process. The Rebbe, the Chabad Rebbe, because it's the Chabadnik, in New York, was actively involved in the entire process and instructed them to visit Rabbi Chaim Kanetsky and, and the stifler as they arrived there to thank him for helping them leave the USSR. They went straight from the airport to visit him in Bnei Brak and expressed their deepest appreciation to their family members. Rechaim Nesky Zatzal was known for his scholarship and Torah, but his involvement in helping of tens of thousands who were living impoverished. 600,000 mourners are expected to attend, but actually, I think it's a million right now. Yes, yeah? they say. Yeah, a million mourners. So, right, that's happening as we speak. By this point, when the Shia goes live on all our platforms and we, we get it out there to you guys, it will already be after the Leviah. But obviously, we're still within this time period. Everyone should take note and internalize everything we've discussed today and do the um, avoda and the mission of sharing Amuna, sharing Torah, Avasa Torah. This is the real key. My, my own Rebbe, the Tolna Rebbe, was talking about how important this year Purim was not just cut off for Shabbos Kodesh, but I had a thought as well. But Purim was also ended with, with, with the power of Torah, Sashal Torah came to remind us that with all the fun and simcha, we have to bring it together with Torah and Shabbos, and that that's what Hashem's going to want for us, to bring Mashiach's Bukor of Mamish. That when you notice, when you have Rav Arash sitting here in person, he's not just, uh, you know, texting or doing things like I am. He's sitting and learning. He's learning every second that he's not on the camera. So we should take note of the power of Torah and what it means to be a male in Torah, and we should get inspiration to have our own Chizuk and learning, there's so many programs, Daf Yomi, Ahmed Yomi, you know, we can list go on and on. Dear Shu, there's so many programs, thank God. We have all our Garden of Amunah series, you can learn those books, Baruch Hashem, Rukhaim Kanevsky himself was Nena from the books, I don't know this campaign, but back in the day, the Garden of Amunah books, he was learning them as well, according to his family. So now we all have that Koyach and that strength for the power of the Siddiquim and the Melis Yochta for us, that we should be blessed with a beautiful rest of the week. We're looking forward to our next Amuna class. Hopefully, it'll be easier to get a guest. And we'll please God um, wish you all a healthy week and a good Shabbos, Shabbos uh, Pasha Shmini and Pasha's Para. And please God, we'll be Messiah Chodesh Adah with Simcha and good news for all of us, for all of the world, for the Ukraine, for everybody. Should be peace in the world. A peace in Eretz Yisrael, peace in the Holy Land, and we should be blessed with uh, only positive and happier classes going ahead. Amen. 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 Thank you. No music today. Sorry. What was it? <sighs> Thank you. Rob. Not an easy one. No, not an easy one at all.